Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. I keep releasing episodes a day early because things keep happening and I want to get the information out to everybody ASAP. So here I am again. Okay, good news right off the bat. The harassment charges against George Brewer were thankfully dismissed. I am just so thankful. I cannot imagine that the people of this county were thrilled with their tax dollars actually going to a trial like this. It's just, it's so crazy. And 
I mentioned on last week's episode, oh, I hope George has a decent judge. I'm so worried. Well, the judge did do the right thing in this case, and for that I am thankful for. But I did look into this judge briefly. The judge is Shannon Lee Crutcher. And you guys, you cannot make this stuff up. This judge had a past record of driving without a license, speeding, and then refusal to pay the violations associated with these arrests. And yes, this was all before he was on the bench. And the links to his arrest, the state versus Crutcher, they no longer exist. So you have to throw them into the Wayback Archive. And uh, I mean, I'm willing to bet he got these sealed, erased, whatever. But there's this site called uglyjudge.com, and it documented all of this stuff and one other incident that I couldn't prove. So I'm not going to discuss it, but I just wanted to put it out there that. A lot of these people in law enforcement and in power have a well-documented past. Okay, let's pivot back to the citizen complaint. And this is really important. And I, I can't believe I haven't read what I'm about to read on the podcast before because it's so sad and it's so irresponsible. And again, this was included in the citizen complaint. So it's part of a transcript from court proceedings from 2018, Angelia Solomon, petitioner slash mother versus Aaron Solomon, defendant. And Angie had called in a few administrators from GCA to testify as to why they didn't report Gracie's alleged abuse to law enforcement. And I'm, I'm not going to use names and I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but I am reading directly from the documents. So when I say question, it's a lawyer. And when I say answer, it's GCA. Question. It being your understanding that this particular incident had not been investigated, is it your belief now that you have a duty to report it? Answer. Yes. Question. Okay. Is it your intention to report it? Answer. Yes. Question. When was this report made to you, ma'am? Answer. About three weeks ago. Question. Why didn't you report it when it was made to you, ma'am? Answer, because it was something that had happened in the past, about four years ago. Question, does that have a bearing on whether or not you are required to report it to the Department of Children's Services? Answer, well again, my understanding was that it had already been investigated. Question, did you obtain that knowledge directly from the Department of Children's Services? Answer, no but I did from my administration at the school. Question, from your administration at the school? Answer, yes. Question, so that's something someone else told you, correct? Answer, yes, sir. Question, so between when did you make the decision that you think this is something that you need to report now? Answer, well, it was reported to the Guardian at Lydum very soon after that. So as you can see, there is a lot of passing the torch here, so to speak. Well, I didn't report it to so-and-so, but I reported it to the guardian at Lightum, and then they should have done something about it. Okay, this next part I find pretty interesting, also very disturbing, but I'm not going to read from the transcript. I'm just going to discuss this. 
in my own words. So the school has an app or had an app. I have no idea if they still have it, but at the time, 2018, they had an app for students or parents to anonymously report things that are going on, such as bullying or issues that they have, but it's a way for them to do it anonymously. And for the record, I think that's actually a good idea if they used this app properly. So they were asked, have you had any reports regarding this case, the case of Grant and Gracie? And they said, yes, we have. And then they were asked to elaborate. And then they stated that they received an anonymous message saying that Grant and Gracie were being abused by their father. So the administrators have the ability to obviously message back and start a conversation to figure out what happened. So they asked this person if they would be willing to come forward and speak in further detail about what they knew. And this person wrote back and explained that they had been around Mr. Solomon themselves and they had witnessed him being very angry and they were afraid to be around him. And then they stated that Gracie was the one who shared the abuse with them. And then the attorney said, objection, this is hearsay. And then they went on to say that they asked the person to come forward and explain what they knew in further detail. And this person said, you know, I need to ask my mom. And then they never ended up coming forward. So so the lawyers then ask, well, have there been any changes at the school in the past couple weeks with regard to security after hearing all of this, to your knowledge? And they say, yes, there was a meeting with the leadership of the school and the director of safety in response to this report. And they said that if Gracie's father is to pick her up at school, she can call the police. Now, to my knowledge, this is false because Gracie was told to get in the car with her father by the headmaster when she was basically kicking and screaming and hiding from him. So in my opinion and to my knowledge, GCA didn't really follow their own protocol here. And my gosh, just what a mess. How many people does it take to fail this poor girl? So I will be coming back to the citizen complaint because I do have a lot more news on that to share. But while we're on the topic of GCA, I truly cannot believe that people are still coming forward in wanting to share their experiences at GCA and GC to help other people and to just spread awareness. And these stories are horrible. They're heartbreaking. And and these are personal testimonies. And the purpose of me sharing these is not to be nasty towards the church or the school. Like if anyone is listening, can you perhaps listen and take into consideration what these people are saying and and possibly learn from it? But I'm going to read to you this testimony and I'm going to replace the names to protect the children and the people involved that just don't want to deal with the wrath. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My name is blank. And this is my experience with Grace Chapel and Grace Christian Academy in Franklin, Tennessee. The background I provide here is critical because both the leadership at GC and the headmaster at GCA knew me well and still turned their backs on me and my kids in our greatest time of need. After moving to Tennessee in the early 2000s, GC became my church home. I was a regular attender and tither. My oldest was born in 2003, and my youngest was born a few years after that. I clearly remember the Sunday when GC announced that GCA was going to be a reality and participating in the ceremony to provide financial support. Their dad left us for an adulterous relationship in 2008, and after two long years, our divorce was finally finalized. I had to have a restraining order put in place to protect me and my kids from his mistress, who he later married. My church family got me through that difficult time and beyond. GC was like my hospital for healing. My kids were babies when their dad moved out, but they were toddlers and beyond by the time the divorce was finalized. I was named primary parent with full decision-making on my kids' medical and educational needs. Their dad continued to take me to court over the next several years. By God's grace and favor, all of those cases went my way. During and after my divorce, I became very involved at GC. I attended Sunday morning services. I was part of the women's Bible study. I volunteered. And my small group was just a precious group of people. This was my relationship with Grace Chapel for four years. That is until about 2012. That's when I started to go back to school and I had to dial back my involvement due to the demands of being a single mom and going back to school. I wanted my child to attend GCA, but the divorce wasn't finalized and his father was not in agreement. So after it was final, my oldest child started at GCA and I was so lucky my mother gave me the gift of this Christian school for both of my children. The contract at GCA was with me and my mother had paid tuition. We did not attend on scholarship. Their father did not contribute. Until I went back to school, I was extremely involved at GCA. I was a room mother. I volunteered to help out wherever was requested. I subbed for the teachers. I helped with lunch in the cafeteria and I chaperoned field trips and I loved every minute of it. However, their dad's new wife, AKA former mistress, was also allowed to be extremely involved. She was allowed to be the room mom and she volunteered at events, chaperoned field trips, helped run class parties, took pictures for the school, and she was even given a rose at my child's graduation when roses were being presented to the students' mothers. I told the teacher how upsetting this was to me, and she told the headmaster, who said, 
their stepmother should be included because she was so helpful, paying no regard for my feelings as their actual mother and their stepmother's history as the mistress. So my children's stepmother volunteered and did most of everything at GCA on her own at first. Then, due to the distress it was causing me and the people who knew my situation, it's important to remember at this point that GC had been my church home for eight years and many of the GCA families were also GC families. I believe the headmaster asked the boy's dad to now be present with her. So going forward, the two of them were equally as involved as I was. Their dad offered his IT experience to help install and support the school's new phone system, which afforded him and the headmaster a lot of time together. At one point, the headmaster's family lived down the street from my ex-husband, and the kids all played together. The headmaster's relationship with my ex-husband was inappropriate from a professional and biblical standpoint. My goal was to describe the highly stressful and uncomfortable situation that the headmaster allowed to occur at GCA, which he later blamed me for. My ex-husband, the unrepentant adulterer, and the headmaster had become friends, and his new wife, the unrepentant mistress, was allowed to participate without limits. This brought spiritual darkness onto the GCA campus and into its classrooms. Biblical boundaries were ignored. The headmaster told me that he was afraid that my ex-husband would sue the school unless he complied with his demands, which did not align with our divorce decree. My children had largely positive experiences at GCA until my oldest had reached sixth grade, which is why I prayerfully endured the situation with his dad and stepmother. Unfortunately, a field trip in the spring of sixth grade turned into a traumatic situation for my child. I approached the school to try to prevent the situation that appeared to be unfolding, but the headmaster and the other administrators did not protect my kid or the rest of their class. It is critical to remember that in the divorce decree, I am named primary parent with sole decision-making on education, not joint, and we have a parenting plan with a schedule of parenting time. The field trip happened to fall on my parenting time. I did not realize that my ex-husband and his wife had also volunteered to chaperone this field trip, which GCA did know and did not communicate to me. I found out from my child who had been bearing the stressful burdens of having that information all by himself. Two days beforehand, I realized what was about to happen and I approached the school for guidance. They agreed that it was not appropriate for my son to have his mother, father, and stepmother chaperone for the same field trip, especially since it involves a long bus ride out of town. She told me to talk to my child's teacher. Following her direction, I called the teacher and described the potential situation and asked him for his help in communicating with my ex-husband about not chaperoning. The teacher expressed their discomfort, which was certainly understandable. By the afternoon of the day before the field trip, our situation was still unresolved. All the while, my child is worried about having their mother, father, and stepmother chaperone the same field trip 
in close quarters with one another. Their dad and I were advised by our court-ordered counselor to avoid these situations as they would be damaging for our children. My ex-husband and headmaster were both aware of this and did nothing to prevent it despite the field trip falling on my parenting time. The morning of the field trip, I heard from a friend that my ex and his wife were at the school to go on this trip. The kids and I were still at home, and at this point, the only way to keep my child out of this harmful situation was to keep them home from the trip. When I offered that to them, they experienced visible relief. I had no idea how anxious they'd been about the situation, and they jumped out of bed into the shower like a weight had been lifted off their shoulders. They were only 11 years old, and it was 6 a.m. That's how relieved they were. Afterward, no one at school mentioned it to me or checked on my child to see how they were doing. My ex-husband and his wife went on the field trip anyway. Close to the end of the school year, the headmaster scheduled a meeting with me without telling me the reason. I was blindsided by the headmaster and the administration, and they were prepared to discuss what happened with the field trip that day and present to me a special contract that the headmaster had created for my family for the next school year. Oh, and not one person asked about my child or how they were doing. First, the headmaster asked one of the administrators to open the meeting with prayer. Then he said, this isn't a bad meeting, which to me says quite the opposite. The headmaster told me that I had ruined the field trip for the teacher. <laughs> not once did the administration mention that they could have prevented the entire situation, nor did they mention that I came to them in advance for help and followed their instructions to speak to the teacher. The headmaster then gave me a piece of paper outlining the field trips for the following year and which ones were assigned to me and which ones were assigned to my ex-husband. Rather than following our court-ordered parenting plan, which I had been requesting all along and which my ex-husband didn't want to follow, the headmaster made a schedule for us, siding with my ex. The headmaster told me that I had to sign it and follow it for the next year or my children would be removed from the school. Remember, the annual contract has always been between GCA and me and my mother who pays the tuition. The headmaster also included a paragraph that said, I was not allowed to talk about my family situation with anyone at school because it made people uncomfortable. And if I did, my children would be removed from the school. I reluctantly signed it so that my children had somewhere to go to school in the fall, but I knew in that moment GCA would not work out for our family any longer. I would have taken the situation to the board, but at the time, the board consisted of the headmaster himself and two of his friends, so to me it would have been pointless and a re-traumatizing exercise. So I approached my church home of over 10 years at this point for support. I was told to schedule a meeting with Mark Bright instead of Steve Berger. I met with Mark and he listened to my experience. I left the meeting tearful as I described the trauma my child had experienced and Mark was unmoved. He had an air of arrogance and indifference throughout this entire meeting, not one of compassion and understanding. The church never got back to me about any of it. I was devastated. 
It was then that I made the hard decision to leave my children's school and our church home at the same time. It's something that I have not completely recovered from. God is bigger than all of it, and I don't blame him for any of it. It doesn't mean the hurt will ever completely go away, though. I must conclude with, now that my children are in the Williamson County school system for the last four years, the way our parenting plan was completely disregarded and my role as primary parent ignored at GCA is just appalling to me. Seeing firsthand the way the public school system handles these situations, it's clear to me that my children and I would have been safer in that environment, which deeply saddens me. The headmaster prioritized his own agenda over the biblical protection and safety of a single mother and her children, and that is a wound that may never completely heal. My hope and prayer is that my story is heard the way it's intended, to bring truth and light and justice to the children who have been hurt and abused by the unbiblical leadership at GCA and to hold GC accountable for ignoring the situations that have been brought to their attention, allowing the harm of innocent children to continue, end quote. These testimonies, they never get easier to read and they definitely never get easier to listen to. It makes me feel like, man, if I were this person, I would feel like I'm living in some kind of alternative universe where it's like, hey, I am paying for this school. The contract is with me. And because you just happen to be friendly with my ex-husband, who is a man, you side with them and then all the rules go out the window and everything that you supposedly biblically stand for goes out the window. It's just so frustrating and it's not okay. And that's why I am keeping these testimonies at the top of everyone's mind. So that's a perfect time to pivot back to the official GCA complaint, which was filed by the Concerned Citizens of Franklin, Tennessee. And I will remind you that included in this complaint was the transcript that I read parts from earlier, as well as the transcripts recorded by Angie Solomon and Grant Solomon, where the administrators appear to be sweeping the entire situation under the rug. There are testimonies from parents, DCS records, you get it. Ample evidence that this school did not do what was expected of them and expected of them legally, I just want to add. So the citizens requested that they receive a response by December 28th. So they followed up with all of the parties and I followed up with the mayor himself. So as of right now, the Williamson County Sheriff's Office wrote Melanie Hicks and said, oh, let me follow up with the lieutenant. I believe an admin said this to her. And let me share with you all, I did get a response from Mayor Ken Moore, and I am utterly disappointed. I, I actually, I couldn't even really put into words my disappointment. He really did seem like a decent person, and, and maybe he is from what I've read about him and what I've learned about him and my findings in studying this case. His response crushed me to my core. So I will read what he wrote back when I followed up and said, hi, I'm just wondering if you have a response as to what your course of action will be in regards to the citizen complaint that was issued on December 28th, 2023. He wrote, quote, thank you for your email. 
I have learned from our police chief that the allegations regarding Grace Chapel occurred outside of the city of Franklin limits. The police department has no authority to investigate outside of its jurisdiction. Ken, end quote. What? Okay, so I called his office twice. I I tried to speak with him. I did not leave a message. He's not going to call me back, you guys. (laughs) So I took a little break to get some of my emotions out. And then I wrote this back. Quote, hi, I just tried calling your office. Are you sure you read through these documents? The allegations are against Grace Christian Academy not reporting the sexual assault of a student when they were told about these allegations on campus. In the citizen complaint that your constituents worked very hard on for you to reply with three sentences, there were even court transcripts of a guidance counselor admitting that she knew about the abuse but did not report it. If my child went to that school in your city, I would be extremely concerned. Please explain to me how the allegations occurred outside of the city of Franklin in further detail. This is where I'm going to stop reading my email because I'm going to explain to you that this is shockingly, in fact, correct. GCA is in the county, but not the city of Franklin. The sheriff's office has jurisdiction and the TBI has jurisdiction, but somehow not the city of Franklin, even though GCA has a Franklin zip code. However, that does not change the fact that the people of Franklin helped file this complaint, his constituents. And to me, three sentences really just seems like you don't care. So that really was a slap in the face. I mean, it's shocking. It took a month to write that. I am floored. I mean, I'm just floored. I really can't believe it. It's like he didn't even read it. He said Grace Chapel. He didn't even say Grace Christian Academy. I I mean, I, I, it's, it's pretty disgusting and just so disheartening. And to make matters a little bit worse, I did hear back from DA Whitley And, you know, I think I would have rather he didn't write back at all than to read what he wrote to me. So I will reluctantly read that to you, and then I will read my response back. Quote, Dear Miss Conlin, thank you for your letter of January 22nd, 2024, which I received yesterday. Please understand that I take your concerns and those of countless other people very seriously, and I, from the beginning, have considered every possible aspect of this disturbing tragedy. Over the course of time, there have been many theories advanced as to how Aaron Solomon could have intentionally killed his own son on the premises of the Ward Performance Institute, but none of them are supported by plausible evidence. This incident has been investigated multiple times without any proof that this is a murder and criminal charges simply cannot be brought. I cannot confirm that the absence of body cam footage is typical, but there is no reason to think that the lack of body cam footage was deliberate. There have been many allegations that Aaron Solomon was involved in the abuse of Grant, Gracie, and Angie over the years, but those allegations pertain to jurisdictions outside of Sumner County, and there is no jurisdiction to be considered in this county. 
Investigation, if any, would have to be done there. The only connection to Sumner County with any of the Solomons was the incident resulting in Grant Solomon's tragic death on July 20, 2020. I can understand how many people can have strong feelings about the death of Grant Solomon, but they simply do not know the facts. It is easy to make assertions and draw conclusions when you do not know all the facts, but in this case, the facts do not support a crime. There is nothing more that can be done in this matter. Thank you for your courteous inquiry, but please let me assure you that there is nothing sinister at play here. Lawrence Ray Whitley, District Attorney, 18th Judicial District, State of Tennessee. Quote, Good evening, D.A. Whitley. Scotty Hughes kindly passed along your letter, and I appreciate the fact that you responded so swiftly. However, I made no mention of Aaron Solomon in my letter. I made no mention of the alleged abuse that Angie, Gracie, and Grant endured. I asked about the poor investigation by the Gallatin PD, the lack of body cam footage and accident reconstruction for a fatal single car accident with only one witness. You wrote that I don't know all of the facts. What are the facts that I am missing? Why wouldn't you share these conclusive facts with at least Grant's mother to ease her pain? Many are tired of hearing the phrase, you don't know all the facts, and then radio silence. You mentioned countless other people are concerned about this as well, yet you're still withholding these alleged facts and information that would not only mitigate their concerns, but soften the pressure put on your office. Again, while I truly appreciate the fact that you responded, I am utterly disappointed. I am also available to speak by phone if you prefer to do that. Thank you, Lauren Conlin, end quote. So guys, lots of facts, lots of facts we don't know, but nobody wants to share them, which is so concerning. Why would you not want to share these facts with the victim's mother? That's what baffles me the most. I also included in the episode notes an article from 2015 about the Gallatin police being very excited that they finally got body cams so they can keep everyone safe. And it was clearly such a big deal for them to get these cameras because it literally made the news. And then when they're dispatched to a potentially fatal accident, they don't use these cameras. Something is not right. They need to be investigated. And look, if you weren't listening before, are you listening now based on the responses of the people in power and law enforcement? Are you listening? Like, this is mind-blowing. This is just not right. I'm going to end this episode on a more positive note. The fact that a Republican lawmaker has pushed for a bill where Tennessee could become one of the few states to permit capital punishment for the rape of a child under 12. House Bill 1663, sponsored by House Majority Leader William Lamberth, who's a Republican, would allow juries to impose the death penalty on adults convicted of raping a child under 12 with certain aggravating factors. This bill passed a first legislative hurdle on Tuesday through the Tennessee House Criminal Justice Subcommittee by voice note, and I do have a link in the episode notes out to that article. So that's positive news, and the news about George is very positive. 
And I'm going to leave you with that today. And please note, I do record this podcast a day before I drop the episode. So if something huge happens between when I record and when it's live, I will try my hardest to jump back on and record a quick five-minute episode so you can be in the know. I also put updates on my social media as well. You can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Emily Conlin or on Twitter at Conlin underscore Lauren and definitely follow the Freedom for Gracie account. I do also know there are meetings being set up with some politicians and I hope to have more information on that soon that I can share. And that's positive that we even got a meeting. So I did not mean to be a downer on this episode because we are still making progress and we are still working so hard and we will not let these people get us down, even though I admit I had a few moments. So thank you again for listening. And I will be back next week with another episode of Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.